The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I'm Sapphire Master. My pronouns are him, his, and he. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers! So, what are we drinking this afternoon? We are having a vodka sour. I don't think I've ever had a vodka sour. I have never had one. And when I saw this, I was like, well, that's a great way to try vodka in a different way than we've had it before. So, it's two parts vodka... One and a half parts of simple syrup, three quarters part lime juice, and three quarters part of lemon juice, and then two dashes of Angostura bitters. Sounds yummy. And shake it. Shake it, not stirred. Mm-hmm. That's much sweeter than I expected. Yeah, you see that? Mm. So I think it could go with just one ounce of simple syrup. Yeah. And it'll melt down and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just different. It's nice though. So it's a very fruity. Yeah. Got a nice little floral note from the bitters. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. the bitters in there. Not a bad drink. Yeah, I think so. Chapter 11. Yeah. It's kind of a weird chapter. I mean, we get a little bit of character development. We get more insight into where she lived on yeah, her own. on her own. Yeah. yeah, so she lives at a boarding house. Yeah. The proprietor of the house has a crush on her. Yeah. The woman, other woman who lives in the house who's this frumpy, dowdy university professor mm-hmm. is kind of annoying to her because she's like dealing with whatever she's cooking, bean sprouts one at a time. You know yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's some weird she's fascination. She's very um, eccentric. Yeah, there's some fascination with the cat coming through a broken window and feeding on... These perfectly, perfectly laid out arranged. sardines yeah. with Worcester sauce yeah. on them. I mean, I can't believe. <laughs> yeah, and, and the, the proprietor sort of does this. He lays the sardines tails to the center in a star pattern. Yeah. Dribbles Worcester sauce on them in a very chefy way. Right. And then after the cat eats them, goes, well, maybe next time I'll try cane pepper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like a, like a non sequitur. It's just a glimpse into her life. Yeah, what I want to point out is, because she has this ongoing story of not being attractive or desirable by men, yes, or at least the men that she wants to have, desire her, right? the super, the super basically, and yeah. the lady that we're talking with her downstairs in the basement while they're watching the cat eat, we're constantly giving her compliments on just her 
beauty. Yes. And she never once acknowledged or commented on them. No. And there's two things there that bring up for me is obviously she has her story is that she isn't that. And so she dismisses it in her head. Yet also, this is a man she's not at all interested in, so she mm. could care less if he says that. Yeah, she just doesn't hear it at all. Mm, yeah, there's no there's no recollection. But then later, she does recognize it and gets defensive about it with Gordon. Right, yeah. She sees Gordon again, and there's an interesting conversation that goes on around his stalking of the Sotig character. Yeah, she finds out he's stalked yes. him. Yes, and you learn that he's not really English, he's Australian. and Like he's done a ton of research. He's done a ton of research, him. yeah. And he sort of dismisses her involvement with him mm-hmm. as being, you know, not really authentic because... Yes, he, he accuses her he of that. He accuses her of that, yeah, because he says, well, you know, Oteague just ignores you till everyone else goes away and while they're all you're an embarrassment. around. Yeah, you're an embarrassment, basically. Yeah, he's very dismissive of her. He doesn't treat her well. No. And then you get this sort of moment where he teases her with a cookie and uses that as a pretext to basically use her and fuck her. Mm-hmm. And then the Which next... is very much into that little and that child thing. Because yes. he's doing it like a... He holds it just out of her reach and she jumps for it like a kid would. It's very, very childlike. Yeah. And then, of course, he uses her, and she's in subspace, and they later then go out on the town. Right. And he kind of, after he laid the groundwork with kind of putting down Oteague, I think his expectation was she would be, and of course after he fucked her, that she would be more lively with him. Or more malleable, anyway. Yeah. Certainly more available to him emotionally. Emotionally, yeah. Yeah. He's an emotional and sadist. He really is. I don't like him at all. Yeah. And then he goes after her, this question of her dad. Yeah, he hits over and over again on that. And he hits her over and over again. Yeah. So the story with her is that her dad left when she was four. It wasn't that her dad left, her mother left her dad. Because she couldn't get what she wanted she, out of whatever, it. Whatever the reason was, yeah. But she had an experience through her life of not really being curious about her dad. And Gordon's kind of irritated by that. He believes that she should have been curious about her dad. Mm -hmm. So underneath that curiosity, he believes that there's something else happening. You don't have insight into what he believes. Yeah, but we have an innuendo, or I have this, knowing Gordon... This premonition. I have this premonition that he's going to uncover something like the father was abusing her or something along this line where she's not remembering that stuff. Yeah. So it's an interesting chapter... Not so much in their kink, although there's a moment where he says, at the end, I think he says, well, I won't hurt you, I'll be cruel to you. Yeah, like, you, we'll just go to bed or something when yeah, we Yeah, no home. sex, I'll just won't, won't hurt you, I'll be cruel to you. So you get an insight into, like, he understands that He pushed his, her hard. He pushed her hard, but he also understands that the way he treats her is cruel. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, he defines it. and So he's a sadist. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally, and he on multiple levels, and he, you know, presses her on that, and then she's question. It makes her question herself, like I'm being truthful with him, or at least I think I am. I might not be truthful, which is completely. I'll just say it. You know, a narcissist starts to gaslight you and make you think you're 
losing your mind like you're crazy and i know this very well far too well and i can hear him in the story doing this to her and she's becoming tiresome of the questions and that's making her doubt herself this occurs around a conversation about a hat that she might have wanted or not from her dream yeah Uh, and it's reduced down to she wanted a hat that reminded her of her mom because her mom was sexy and and attractive and seductive and so that's her context for wanting a hat. You can only imagine, though, as a child. Totally. That is something you would equate, because children understand what sexy is, too. Not, yeah. Whether they not, are not se- sexualized doesn't right. matter, but they understand, like, that look is different than wearing a bonnet, let's say. Right. Kids definitely get that. Right. And as a young woman trying to model after your mother, if your mother's getting all these this attention from males and she's using the vehicle of her looks to do that, that modeling makes her want to do that too. And, and having a veiled hat makes it seductive because her eyes are hidden and it's kind of like the sexy look. It's like almost hiding but not hiding. Right. And, and, and then when she was pressed on it, he asked, like, well, where do you see that? And she's like a veil of tears. Right. And, and, and that's where the conversation about am I being truthful now? Because he doesn't buy it at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. Like, his way of interacting with her is abusive, I think. Oh, I think it is, too. Yeah. Well, and even when he talks about her dream, he goes off the hat and then starts saying the dowdy, unattractive woman in her, in her dream that wears this hat is her. Right. And she's like, oh, well, it can't be because I'm shorter than this person. And, he, and then he just starts telling her how... Well, you want to be beautiful like Oteague, so that's the tall, and then you the hat is your mom, and he starts just trying to tie all these loose ends into this one character in her dream, which is, and then he goes to gaslighting, so it's really narcissistic in the sense that of the way he orchestrates this emotional sadism with her, Mm. and it's, I mean, it's planned because he does it in a particular order to create this doubt for her. Yeah, I think that's his MO. Like, he's done that throughout the book, throughout the yeah. his experience with her is to... He builds it. He, uh, he totally creates a context where she's a child and he's in charge. Yes. That's kind yes. of the context. And, you know, I'm still, I'm still kind of irritated about him admitting proudly that he fucked his sisters. Yeah, I don't... We'll probably get back to that at some point. Yeah. The book tends to jump around, like you say, and that... That's frustrating, too, because we've got that in our head. Yes. Meanwhile, we're, we're listening for something to come out. But it is kind of coming out in the sense that he's projecting on her her father's possibility of something. Right. Because we do now know he... Left when she was little. Left, but also that he that Gordon himself went after his two sisters. Right. And so that's kind of like incest in the family kind Contextual, of thing. And right. so he's looking for another... He wants approval. Yeah, he wants, he wants, you know what, it's like he's looking for that to then say, aha, see, you're broken too, we're both, that's why we're meant to be together. Right, right. Which is, it's just weird, but, you know what I mean? He doesn't speak straight, that's one thing I don't like about, he has terrible communication, and he doesn't speak plainly. No, well, all of his talk to her is manipulative, exactly, Yeah. yeah, all of the way he the entire way he interacts with her is manipulative. And Everything. it's all about reducing her to be compliant with whatever his demands whatever his are. Whatever he wants the most. Sometimes he yeah. wants her to be talkative, so he'll manipulate her to be more talkative. 
And then other times he wants to piss her off and he'll manipulate her, push her buttons, which which is so narcissistic. This is exactly what they do. There was a scene, I can't remember the detail, but there was a moment where he grabbed her with his thumb on the inside of her elbow. Yeah. To, like, control her. Yeah. And so, you know, there's a lot about the way he treats her that's extremely not... And she normalizes it because of the way she describes it. it. She says, yeah, I got the soft spot again. It's just like, well, this is what happens to me. Yeah. Which is weird. If if we do end up finding out about her father, we might find out that she forgot because of abuse, let's say, and she forgot... But that her whole life has been that. Like, this is just what happens. This is what people do to me. That's an interesting point, actually. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm curious to see how that unveils itself. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I, I find myself less interested in this book this week than I was last week. <laughs> well, this chapter is kind of weird, too. Well, but, but mostly because I don't like Gordon. I was intrigued by Gordon up until I learned that he... Is this like this very incestuous way of being? Like, I just well, don't and like I it. also how she doesn't. She, I mean, it's not a limit for her. Obviously, she well, heard it and she, she's not done anything she, about it. She in in the last chapter, she was pretty chagrined about that, but yeah. she hasn't done anything about it. Yeah, but, it. but but chagrin is actions speak louder than no, words. I get that. You I know, agree, I agree. Yeah, she hasn't done. She I hasn't. Think sometimes correct. people protest at things. Even not even something as much as that, but people do that a lot publicly because it's about looking good. I should yeah. protest. Yeah. But maybe she doesn't protest because she has an experience of having that happen herself. Another good point. And thereby, yeah. even if it's in the subconscious, I'm not saying yeah. she's she's literally trying overtly to, doing it. Yeah. yeah. But it could be in her subconscious where that is a norm. Huh. I mean, the reality there are some families. I hate to say this; it's horrible to have to say this, but there are people that are abused. Yes, and they think that's how everyone lives. Their yes, life. I agree. I think that I think that the experience of the way he treats her for her feels more familiar to her for some reason. That's kind that's of what, what I mean. Life. Like she gets taken. If we go back to the garden scene. Yeah. She just gets taken and she kind of, remember, she just lays there and it's kind of happening to her. Right. You start to have context now with a possible premonition of what we think might come up. And it may right. not, but we think it might. Right. That these are just subconscious reactions she's always had since she was little. And that maybe, ooh, even scarier, as a psychiatrist, psychologist, what yeah. have you, yeah. he could see it. Like well, she's a that, walking billboard for him. Well, that's the thing that's weird because he totally saw her. He totally he totally picked her out of a crowd. In in chapter one, he just took her, claimed her, and by her doing bench. what he did, yeah. revalidated what he had discovered. Yeah. Even if she wasn't discovering it herself. Yeah. Huh, interesting. It's interesting, isn't it? It really is. It really is interesting. So we'll see where it goes. But it's not a very long book, so we're not too many chapters left, I don't think. It can't be too many chapters left. Yeah. But, you know, each chapter is like a page and a half. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. 
Until next time, cheers! Thank you.